Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, all. Lady R Slash here. So one of the last posts that I did, I was talking about the Idaho murder suspect and how he was a student of the criminal mind. He was studying this stuff. So I thought today it'd be worth it to sort of dive into who is this person and what exactly happened with him and what's the latest. So let's just get right into it. Because as we know, the arrest of this graduate student in the murder of the four University of Idaho students, it did ease the fears of those in the community and in the country, but it also raised a troubling new question. Why? What was this guy's motive? What did he have to do with these four people? Okay, well, let's backtrack a little bit. About two weeks before these four students were stabbed to death in their home near campus, Brian Koberger, who is our suspect, was sitting in a criminology class in college, just a little bit away, a short drive away, leaning into a conversation about forensics and DNA and other evidence that prosecutors use to win convictions. There he was, studying exactly what could happen. The 28-year-old graduate student seemed highly engaged in the discussion, a former classmate has said. It was a subject that had long captivated Mr. Kohlberger, who had researched the mindsets of criminals studied under a professor in Pennsylvania known for her expertise on serial killers and for the last few months pursued a PhD in criminology at Washington State University, which is about 10 miles from the Idaho crime scene. Less than two months later, Mr. Koberger would be the subject of this criminal inquiry, arrested and charged with the murder of the four Idaho students. But even though he is in custody, investigators still have yet to outline a motive. But the details emerging about Mr. Kohlberger's deep interest in the psychology of criminals has definitely opened another layer of this mystery in this case that has traumatized the small college town of Moscow, Idaho, as well as spawned countless theories from people around the country who followed the case in captivated horror. Mr. Kohlberger was taken into custody on Friday at his parents' home in Effort, Pennsylvania, and he was ordered to appear at an extradition hearing on Tuesday. Well, Jason Labar, the public defender in Monroe County, who will be representing him, said Mr. Kohlberger had been following the case with interest, but that he was shocked that he was arrested. And the public defender also said that he looks forward to being exonerated. 
if you can believe that. Mr. Koberger, he added, would not oppose the effort to return him to Idaho to face charges. And on Sunday, Mr. Labar issued a statement from Koberger's parents and his two sisters, saying that they love and support their son and their brother, and that they had cooperated with police in an effort to promote his presumption of innocence. They were also offering prayers to the victims. And, you know, we are presumed innocent until we are proven guilty. And this suspect deserves the same as any other suspect. Innocent until proven guilty. But with all the relief that we're looking for to finally have a suspect, we just want to think he's guilty, right? There's so many things pointing to the fact that he is. But we do have to have patience and all people deserve that respect of being innocent until proven guilty. And then on the other side of it, of course, the parents and family don't want to see him as guilty, even though so many people want a suspect and want that ease of the stress. They don't want to think it's him. So we just don't know exactly what has happened quite yet. And all right, let's look at this suspect. Who is Mr. Koberger? Well, he grew up in a suburban area of eastern Pennsylvania. He attended Pleasant Valley High School in Broadheadsville, where former classmates and peers recalled that he had an analytical mind, but sometimes he was also just cruel. Thomas Arntz, he befriended him while riding the school bus back in 2009 and said their friendship just ended in 2014 after some lighthearted ribbing and jabbing between friends turned into this mean-spirited fight with Mr. Koberger sometimes putting him in a headlock hold even. It's a little more beyond the little friendly poking and jabbing. Over time, he said, it just got so bad that I just shut down when I was around him and eventually I just had to cut ties with him. He's now 26. Mr. Koberger also had struggled with a heroin addiction. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Which, as you know, is a very hard thing to crack. It started in high school, but then he seemed to have moved past it in recent years. And that's just what his friends observed. Jack Bayless, who became friends with Mr. Koberger in eighth grade, 
said that he had long been fascinated with why people acted the way that they did and had seemed to really enjoy his job as a security guard for the Pleasant Valley School District, where he ended up working for several years all the way until 2021, which is also the last time Mr. Bayless saw Mr. Koberger. They were shooting airsoft guns together in the Poconos. At the time, Mr. Bayless said that Mr. Koberger drove a white Hyundai Elantra, the same model car that the police in Moscow said had been spotted near the Idaho victims on the night of the attacks. I pray he's innocent, his friend Mr. Bayless says. They're hoping he didn't do it, those close to him, which of course they would. After earning a psychology degree at a community college back in 2018, Mr. Koberger began studying psychology and later criminal justice at DeSalle's University, a Catholic institution in Center Valley, Pennsylvania. There he studied in part under Catherine Ramsland, a well-known forensic psychologist. Her books include The Mind of a Murderer and How to Catch a Killer, someone with some history and experience and a great person to study under. Mr. Koberger apparently was a quiet person who liked to work alone, but he also came across as smart. While in class, other students would say that he was quick to review photos in class of a crime scene and eager to help figure out what happened. He was quick to come up with ideas. It seems like the guy had a knack for this. And he seemed to show a particular interest in crime scenes and serial killers. His teacher would say that at the time, it seemed as if he was just a curious student. So if his questions felt odd, we didn't think much of it because it did fit the curriculum, right? I mean, if you're studying how to study crime, you're going to have questions. In a post on Reddit from about, I don't know, seven months ago, a user who identified himself as Brian Koberger sought people who had spent time in prison. Okay, he wanted them to take a survey about the crimes they had committed. The survey listed that Mr. Koberger was a student investigator working with two professors at DeSalle's, and it asked respondents to describe their thoughts, emotions, and actions from the beginning to end of the commission process. The university would go on to say that Mr. Koberger had received a bachelor's degree from there in 2020 and then earned a master's degree in June of 2022. A spokesman for the university also said that the principal investigator on the crime survey was a Michelle Bolger, who's listed on the university website as an associate professor, and her colleagues, they don't want to talk about this. They're not going to tell us anything. They refused interviews, and they really don't want to discuss their experiences with Mr. Koberger, which is a shame because it could give some of us some more insight into who this guy was. But, you know, you get into these difficult and high-profile cases, and sometimes people just do not want to be involved at all. And that's their right. But okay, so after all of that, Mr. Kohlberger then moves across the country to Pullman, Washington, where he begins the fall semester in August in the graduate criminology program at Washington State University, across the state border from, yep, you guessed it, the University of Idaho. Early in the morning of November 13th, following a Saturday night of college town parties and a University of Idaho football game, these four college students were found stabbed to death in the rental home that they had in Moscow, where three of the four lived. And just a Saturday night turned completely upside down. The brutal nature of the deaths, the coroner said, 
all four were fatally stabbed with a long knife, and the lack of any suspect cast a sense of fear across the small town, Moscow. I mean, it's a city that hadn't recorded a homicide in seven years. It's a long time. Students began walking in groups. Residents checked the locks of their doors and their windows. A DoorDash driver said she noticed more people were ordering meals to get delivered because they didn't want to go out after dark. And the police began receiving a wave of calls from nervous residents. A suspicious-looking man, a driver revving an engine, or just odd sounds in the night. People were scared. Police at both college campuses added security measures, adding patrols and holding self-defense workshops, trying to help out giving people a sense of security if they can. At Washington State, Mr. Koberger was continuing with his studies. His classmate said B.K. Norton, who was in the same graduate program as Mr. Koberger, said his quiet, intense demeanor had made some classmates uncomfortable even. Another student said that Mr. Koberger seemed interested in the thought processes of criminals while they committed their crimes and actually less interested in the social factors that might lead someone to do something like that, saying that he believed some people were just bound to break the law. Mr. Koberger has been described as the black sheep of the class, often taking contrarian viewpoints and sometimes even getting into arguments with his peers, seemingly on purpose, like he wanted them, particularly with women. Like one example, when Mr. Koberger was trying to explain a somewhat elementary criminology concept to a fellow doctoral student, but then they went back to him and said, hey, you're mansplaining me. And so this ends up in this heated back and forth, and the doctoral student eventually just walks out of the classroom. So he was not afraid of confrontation. We know that. Mr. Koberger was also a teaching assistant, a TA, in a criminal law class during the fall semester. And he, other students have said that Mr. Koberger would often cast his eyes down while addressing the students. And I don't know if you guys are aware of what a lot of the body language says about someone, but this gives the impression that the person that is speaking is actually uncomfortable. Like he's shy about saying what he has to say, even though he's so interested in it. And that itself is just interesting. I mean, there seems to be a pretty wide consensus that Mr. Koberger had a strong grasp of the subject matter, but was a harsh grader, giving the extensive critiques of the assignments that were turned into him, and then defending the lower marks when students would complain as a group even, saying, hey, why are you docking all of us? Well, later in the fall, roughly around the time of the killings, it did appear that Mr. Koberger was starting to give out some better grades and the assignments that once had his feedback scrawled across every paragraph, they were cleaner. So does this mean that he had gotten his anger out by knowing the fact that he was going to commit this crime? Was that his release so he didn't need to be so harsh on the students that he had? Or was he just distracted by the fact that he wanted to do this crime? And so he didn't care as much about if he really critiqued the papers or not. What do you think? Or did it have anything to do with it at all? Maybe he had just heard what the students had said and decided that he would be a little more giving. Could be anything. Just don't know yet. All we do know is that at a certain point, he stopped redlining everything. 
At the time, a growing team of investigators are out there from local and state agencies, as well as more than 60 agents from the FBI. And I know I've said that before, but that's a pretty big deal. It all descended on Moscow. Forensics investigators combed the house for physical evidence, including DNA, and searched fruitlessly for a murder weapon. Officials pleaded for tips and videos, while thousands of internet sleuths around the country suggested an array of people as the likely culprit. A former boyfriend of one of the victims, a man who was with two of the victims when they got a meal from a food truck, two roommates who were in the home when the killings occurred, but they apparently slept through the whole thing. None of the online discussion groups identified this Mr. Koberger. It's not clear how he knew the victims or if he really even knew them at all. And the police were busy at it, trying to tamper down rumors by ruling out several of the people as suspects, though accusations were flying around, flying around so fast that at times it appeared they could not do anything quickly enough. They withheld nearly all the details of the investigation, which made a lot of people frustrated, prompting some people, including relatives of the victims, to wonder and make it public that they're wondering whether the police could even really handle this kind of task. Still, investigators worked through the holidays to process thousands of tips and extensive evidence collected in and around the scene. In announcing Mr. Koberger's arrest, Moscow's police chief, James Fry, said investigators had located a white Cayande Elantra, but had not yet found a murder weapon. Chief Fry looked basically exhausted and almost tearful as he announced the arrest at a news conference, making it clear that investigators were still looking for tips to help resolve the questions they could not yet answer. Did the suspect act alone? And what was that motive? He said, be assured the work is not done. Things are just getting started. So what he's asking everyone is we need more time. Everyone still has to give more patience. They have to have more patience. Because even though now we can see that there was something going on, they didn't want to give us the details for a reason. And so right now they're going back in to get more information that hopefully we'll hear about sooner than later. The arrest left the members of one Facebook discussion group with more than 166,000 members. That's how much interest is in here. It just left them all stunned. One woman said she's just baffled, saying that literally everything that we know doesn't even make any sense. But this has also brought a sense of relief to many of those in Idaho, which we talked about. And I think that relief, in my opinion, it, it hits you fast. But then if we don't see action or get answers very, very soon, people are going to have doubt all over again. And what people are looking for is that relief that their town is safe. The parents whose kids are at that school, these young adults, they want to feel like people are safe. So it's going to take a little bit to really resolve all of this. And the motive is what I am so interested in. And we just don't have it yet. I'd love to hear what you guys think the motive could be. Was he just studying crime if he did this and wanted to give it a shot and just see how it felt? Or is this guy just not involved at all? Unfortunately, he has the same car and who knows what else. Maybe. What do you think? Let me know. And keep on listening. We always have more stories to share.